Section eighty four of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book twelve, chapter five. A sudden catastrophe. I may note that he had been called before Alyosha, but the usher of the court announced to the president that owing to an attack of illness or some sort of fit the witness could not appear at the moment but was ready to give his evidence as soon as he recovered but no one seemed to have heard it and it only came out later his entrance was for the first moment almost unnoticed the principal witnesses especially the two rival ladies had already been questioned curiosity was satisfied for the time the public was feeling almost fatigued several more witnesses were still to be heard and probably had little information to give after all that had been given time was passing ivan walked up with extraordinary slowness looking at no one and with his head bowed as though plunged in gloomy thought he was irreproachably dressed but his face made a painful impression on me at least there was an earthy look in it a look like a dying man's his eyes were lustreless he raised them and looked slowly round the court alyosha jumped up from his seat and moaned ah i remember that but it was hardly noticed the president began by informing him that he was a witness not on oath that he might answer or refuse to answer but that of course he must bear witness according to his conscience and so on and so on ivan listened and looked at him blankly but his face gradually relaxed into a smile and as soon as the president looking at him in astonishment finished he laughed outright well and what else he asked in a loud voice there was a hush in the court there was a feeling of something strange the president showed signs of uneasiness you are perhaps still unwell he began looking everywhere for the usher don't trouble yourself your excellency i am well enough and can tell you something interesting ivan answered with sudden calmness and respectfulness you have some special communication to make the president went on still mistrustfully ivan looked down waited a few seconds and raising his head answered almost stammering no i haven't i have nothing particular they began asking him questions he answered as it were reluctantly with extreme brevity with the sort of disgust which grew more and more marked though he answered rationally to many questions he answered that he did not know he knew nothing of his father's money relations with dmitri i wasn't interested in the subject he added threats to murder his father he had heard from the prisoner of the money in the envelope he had heard from smerdyakov the same thing over and over again he interrupted suddenly with a look of weariness i have nothing particular to tell the court i see you are unwell and understand your feelings the president began he turned to the prosecutor and the counsel for the defence to invite them to examine the witness if necessary when ivan suddenly asked in an exhausted voice let me go your excellency i feel very ill 
and with these words without waiting for permission he turned to walk out of the court but after taking four steps he stood still as though he had reached a decision smiled slowly and went back i am like the peasant girl your excellency you know how does it go i'll stand up if i like and i won't if i don't they were trying to put on her sarafan to take her to church to be married and she said i'll stand up if i like and i won't if i don't it's in some book about the peasantry what do you mean by that the president asked severely why this ivan suddenly pulled out a roll of notes here's the money the notes that lay in that envelope he nodded towards the table on which lay the material evidence for the sake of which our father was murdered where shall i put them mr superintendent take them the usher of the court took the whole roll and handed it to the president how could this money have come into your possession if it is the same money the president asked wonderingly i got them from smerdyakov from the murderer yesterday i was with him just before he hanged himself it was he not my brother killed our father he murdered him and i incited him to do it who doesn't desire his father's death are you in your right mind broke involuntarily from the president i should think i am in my right mind in the same nasty mind as all of you as all these ugly faces he turned suddenly to the audience my father has been murdered and they pretend they are horrified he snarled with furious contempt they keep up the sham with one another liars they all desire the death of their fathers one reptile devours another if there hadn't been a murder they'd have been angry and gone home ill-humoured it's a spectacle they want panem et kirkenses though i am one to talk have you any water give me a drink for christ's sake he suddenly clutched his head the usher at once approached him alyosha jumped up and cried he is ill don't believe him he has brain fever katerina ivanovna rose impulsively from her seat and rigid with horror gazed at ivan mitya stood up and greedily looked at his brother and listened to him with a wild strange smile don't disturb yourselves i am not mad i am only a murderer ivan began again you can't expect eloquence from a murderer he added suddenly for some reason and laughed a queer laugh the prosecutor bent over to the president in obvious dismay the two other judges communicated in agitated whispers fetchikovitch pricked up his ears as he listened the hall was hushed in expectation the president seemed suddenly to recollect himself witness your words are incomprehensible and impossible here calm yourself if you can and tell your story if you really have something to tell how can you confirm your statement if indeed you are not delirious that's just it i have no proof that cur smerdyakov won't send you proofs from the other world in an envelope you think of nothing but envelopes one is enough i've no witnesses except one perhaps he smiled thoughtfully who is your witness 
he has a tail your excellency and that would be irregular le diable n'existe point don't pay attention he is a paltry pitiful devil he added suddenly he ceased laughing and spoke as it were confidentially he is here somewhere no doubt under that table with the material evidence on it perhaps where should he sit if not there you see listen to me i told him i don't want to keep quiet and he talked about the geological cataclysm idiocy come release the monster he's been singing a hymn that's because his heart is light it's like a drunken man in the street bawling how vanka went to petersburg and i would give a quadrillion quadrillions for two seconds of joy you don't know me oh how stupid all this business is come take me instead of him i didn't come for nothing why why is everything so stupid and he began slowly and as it were reflectively looking round him again but the court was all excitement by now alyosha rushed towards him but the court usher had already seized ivan by the arm what are you about he cried staring into the man's face and suddenly seizing him by the shoulders he flung him violently to the floor but the police were on the spot and he was seized he screamed furiously and all the time he was being removed he yelled and screamed something incoherent the whole court was thrown into confusion i don't remember everything as it happened i was excited myself and could not follow i only know that afterwards when everything was quiet again and everyone understood what had happened the court usher came in for a reprimand though he very reasonably explained that the witness had been quite well that the doctor had seen him an hour ago when he had a slight attack of giddiness but that until he had come into the court he had talked quite consecutively so that nothing could have been foreseen that he had in fact insisted on giving evidence but before everyone had completely regained their composure and recovered from this scene it was followed by another katerina ivanovna had an attack of hysterics she sobbed shrieking loudly but refused to leave the court struggled and besought them not to remove her suddenly she cried to the president there is more evidence i must give at once at once here is a document a letter take it read it quickly quickly it's a letter from that monster that man there there she pointed to mitya it was he killed his father you will see that directly he wrote to me how he would kill his father but the other one is ill he is ill he is delirious she kept crying out beside herself the court usher took the document she held out to the president and she dropping into her chair hiding her face in her hands began convulsively and noiselessly sobbing shaking all over and stifling every sound for fear she should be ejected from the court the document she had handed up was that letter mitya had written at the metropolis tavern which ivan had spoken of as a mathematical proof alas its mathematical conclusiveness was recognized and had it not been for that letter mitya might have escaped his doom 
or at least that doom would have been less terrible it was i repeat difficult to notice every detail what followed is still confused to my mind the president must i suppose have at once passed on the document to the judges the jury and the lawyers on both sides i only remember how they began examining the witness on being gently asked by the president whether she had recovered sufficiently katerina ivanovna exclaimed impetuously i am ready i am ready i am quite equal to answering you she added evidently still afraid that she would somehow be prevented from giving evidence she was asked to explain in detail what this letter was and under what circumstances she received it i received it the day before the crime was committed but he wrote it the day before that at the tavern that is two days before he committed the crime look it is written on some sort of bill she cried breathlessly he hated me at that time because he had behaved contemptibly and was running after that creature and because he owed me that three thousand oh he was humiliated by that three thousand on account of his own meanness this is how it happened about that three thousand i beg you i beseech you to hear me three weeks before he murdered his father he came to me one morning i knew he was in want of money and what he wanted it for yes yes to win that creature and carry her off i knew then that he had been false to me and meant to abandon me and it was i i who gave him that money who offered it to him on the pretext of his sending it to my sister in moscow and as i gave it him i looked him in the face and said that he could send it when he liked in a month's time would do how how could he have failed to understand that i was practically telling him to his face you want money to be false to me with your creature so here's the money for you i give it to you myself take it if you have so little honor as to take it i wanted to prove what he was and what happened he took it he took it and squandered it with that creature in one night but he knew he knew that i knew all about it i assure you he understood too that i gave him that money to test him to see whether he was so lost to all sense of honor as to take it from me i looked into his eyes and he looked into mine and he understood it all and he took it he carried off my money that's true katya mitya roared suddenly i looked into your eyes and i knew that you were dishonoring me and yet i took your money despise me as a scoundrel despise me all of you i've deserved it prisoner cried the president another word and i will order you to be removed that money was a torment to him katya went on with impulsive haste he wanted to repay it to me he wanted to that's true but he needed money for that creature too so he murdered his father but he didn't repay me and went off with her to that village where he was arrested there again he squandered the money he had stolen after the murder of his father and a day before the murder he wrote me this letter he was drunk when he wrote it i saw it at once at the time he wrote it from spite and feeling certain positively certain that i should never show it to any one even if he did kill him or else he wouldn't have written it for he knew i shouldn't want to revenge myself and ruin him 
but read it read it attentively more attentively please and you will see that he had described it all in his letter all beforehand how he would kill his father and where his money was kept look please don't overlook that there's one phrase there i shall kill him as soon as ivan has gone away so he thought it all out beforehand how he would kill him katerina ivanovna pointed out to the court with venomous and malignant triumph oh it was clear she had studied every line of that letter and detected every meaning underlining it if he hadn't been drunk he wouldn't have written to me but look everything is written there beforehand just as he committed the murder after a complete program of it she exclaimed frantically she was reckless now of all consequences to herself though no doubt she had foreseen them even a month ago for even then perhaps shaking with anger she had pondered whether to show it at the trial or not now she had taken the fatal plunge i remember that the letter was read aloud by the clerk directly afterwards i believe it made an overwhelming impression they asked mitya whether he admitted having written the letter it's mine mine cried mitya i shouldn't have written it if i hadn't been drunk we've hated each other for many things katya but i swear i swear i loved you even while i hated you and you didn't love me he sank back on his seat wringing his hands in despair the prosecutor and counsel for the defence began cross-examining her chiefly to ascertain what had induced her to conceal such a document and to give her evidence in quite a different tone and spirit just before yes yes i was telling lies just now i was lying against my honour and my conscience but i wanted to save him for he has hated and despised me so katya cried madly oh he has despised me horribly he has always despised me and do you know he has despised me from the very moment that i bowed down to him for that money i saw that i felt it at once at the time but for a long time i wouldn't believe it how often i have read it in his eyes you came of yourself though oh he didn't understand he had no idea why i ran to him he can suspect nothing but baseness he judged me by himself he thought every one was like himself katya hissed furiously in a perfect frenzy and he only wanted to marry me because i'd inherited a fortune because of that because of that i always suspected it was because of that oh he is a brute he was always convinced that i should be trembling with shame all my life before him because i went to him then and that he had a right to despise me forever for it and so to be superior to me that's why he wanted to marry me that's so that's all so i tried to conquer him by my love a love that knew no bounds i even tried to forgive his faithlessness but he understood nothing nothing how could he understand indeed he is a monster i only received that letter the next evening it was brought to me from the tavern and only that morning only that morning i wanted to forgive him everything everything even his treachery the president and the prosecutor of course tried to calm her i can't help thinking that they felt ashamed of taking advantage of her hysteria and of listening to such avowals i remember hearing them say to her we understand how hard it is for you 
be sure we are able to feel for you and so on and so on and yet they dragged the evidence out of the raving hysterical woman she described at last with extraordinary clearness which is so often seen though only for a moment in such overwrought states how ivan had been nearly driven out of his mind during the last two months trying to save the monster and murderer his brother he tortured himself she exclaimed he was always trying to minimize his brother's guilt and confessing to me that he too had never loved his father and perhaps desired his death himself oh he has a tender over tender conscience he tormented himself with his conscience he told me everything everything he came every day and talked to me as his only friend i have the honor to be his only friend she cried suddenly with a sort of defiance and her eyes flashed he had been twice to see smerdyakov one day he came to me and said if it was not my brother but smerdyakov committed the murder for the legend was circulating everywhere that smerdyakov had done it perhaps i too am guilty for smerdyakov knew i didn't like my father and perhaps believed that i desired my father's death then i brought out that letter and showed it him he was entirely convinced that his brother had done it and he was overwhelmed by it he couldn't endure the thought that his own brother was a parricide only a week ago i saw that it was making him ill during the last few days he has talked incoherently in my presence i saw his mind was giving way he walked about raving he was seen muttering in the streets the doctor from moscow at my request examined him the day before yesterday and told me that he was on the eve of brain fever and all on his account on account of this monster and last night he learnt that smerdyakov was dead it was such a shock that it drove him out of his mind and all through this monster all for the sake of saving the monster oh of course such an outpouring such an avowal is only possible once in a lifetime at the hour of death for instance on the way to the scaffold but it was in catch's character and it was such a moment in her life it was the same impetuous katya who had thrown herself on the mercy of a young profligate to save her father the same katya who had just before in her pride and chastity sacrificed herself and her maidenly modesty before all these people telling of mitch's generous conduct in the hope of softening his fate a little and now again she sacrificed herself but this time it was for another and perhaps only now perhaps only at this moment she felt and knew how dear that other was to her she had sacrificed herself in terror for him conceiving all of a sudden that he had ruined himself by his confession that it was he who had committed the murder not his brother she had sacrificed herself to save him to save his good name his reputation and yet one terrible doubt occurred to one was she lying in her description of her former relations with mitya that was the question no she had not intentionally slandered him when she cried that mitya despised her for bowing down to him she believed it herself she had been firmly convinced perhaps ever since that bow that the simple-hearted mitya who even then adored her 
was laughing at her and despising her she had loved him with an hysterical lacerated love only from pride from wounded pride and that love was not like love but more like revenge oh perhaps that lacerated love would have grown into real love perhaps Katya longed for nothing more than that but mitch's faithlessness had wounded her to the bottom of her heart and her heart could not forgive him the moment of revenge had come upon her suddenly and all that had been accumulating so long and so painfully in the offended woman's breast burst out all at once and unexpectedly she betrayed mitya but she betrayed herself too and no sooner had she given full expression to her feelings than the tension of course was over and she was overwhelmed with shame hysterics began again she fell on the floor sobbing and screaming she was carried out at that moment grushenka with a wail rushed towards mitya before they had time to prevent her mitya she wailed your serpent has destroyed you there she has shown you what she is she shouted to the judges shaking with anger at a signal from the president they seized her and tried to remove her from the court she wouldn't allow it she fought and struggled to get back to mitya mitya uttered a cry and struggled to get to her he was overpowered yes i think the ladies who came to see the spectacle must have been satisfied the show had been a varied one then i remember the moscow doctor appeared on the scene i believe the president had previously sent the court usher to arrange for medical aid for ivan the doctor announced to the court that the sick man was suffering from a dangerous attack of brain fever and that he must be at once removed in answer to questions from the prosecutor and the counsel for the defence he said that the patient had come to him of his own accord the day before yesterday and that he had warned him that he had such an attack coming on but he had not consented to be looked after he was certainly not in a normal state of mind he told me himself that he saw visions when he was awake that he met several persons in the street who were dead and that satan visited him every evening said the doctor in conclusion having given his evidence the celebrated doctor withdrew the letter produced by katerina ivanovna was added to the material proofs after some deliberation the judges decided to proceed with the trial and to enter both the unexpected pieces of evidence given by ivan and katerina ivanovna on the protocol but i will not detail the evidence of the other witnesses who only repeated and confirmed what had been said before though all with their characteristic peculiarities i repeat all was brought together in the prosecutor's speech which i shall quote immediately everyone was excited everyone was electrified by the late catastrophe and all were awaiting the speeches for the prosecution and the defense with intense impatience fetchikovitch was obviously shaken by katerina ivanovna's evidence but the prosecutor was triumphant when all the evidence had been taken the court was adjourned for almost an hour i believe it was just eight o'clock when the president returned to his seat and our prosecutor ippolit korilevitch began his speech End of section eighty four